We're going to talk on the most popular psalm in all of Scripture today. A very important psalm, Psalm 23. And um, there's a reason it's the most popular psalm. There's a reason it's recited at funerals. And the reason it's recited in our darkest hours. And a reason we, we turn to it when we feel we're in danger. And there's a reason that people have committed these scriptures to their heart. Because it teaches us something so important, something that every human soul is searching for, to know God as their shepherd, to know God as their caregiver, to know God as their protector. And to know that is to be able to operate in life without fear, even if you're in the greatest darkness. This message about courage today is about not staying in lit places that are safe. It's about going into the darkness to see others rescued by the light of the gospel. It's about leading other people through darkness so they get to greener pastures. It's about leading our own souls through the darkest places and having no fear when we enter them because God is with us to allow the light of God to permeate our souls so we walk in freedom from fear. So if you look up here at Psalm 23 and just listen, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want these words to live in your heart today. They're meant to be living words that we believe and we walk in. There's two identities there, right? You see God as our shepherd, and I don't want to just overlook that or go past that. We are not entitled to have God as our shepherd. That is not something he had to offer. That's not a title he had to give. But it's something that he joyfully says, I am your shepherd. Now, this is the maker of all things. This is the author of all love. This is the almighty God. This is the one who has no beginning and has no end, who were made in his image. He says to us as his sheep, call me your shepherd. Not just our shepherd, but my shepherd. A very personal thing that God would condescend and he would say, call me your shepherd. This is needed, that identity is needed for you not to live in fear. If you trust that God is your shepherd, you will not live in fear. And you will be able to walk in evil and dangerous and dark places with courage, with strength. And not stay on the shoreline. Because God calls us out. Secondly, he calls us to, says we're sheep. That's a humiliating title. Sheep are the most unintelligent creatures you can find. If one lamb walks off that cliff, every lamb will follow if he's the first one in the row. Boom, oh, he's going there. Boom, oh, he's going there. Boom. Dead. You've seen it in the movies. 
are on YouTube. Have you ever been afraid of a sheep? They're not really can protect themselves. I've never, like, I've been afraid of a few animals, maybe a cougar, a mountain lion, give me a grizzly in Alaska. I'll, I'll back up a little bit. I never was like, whoa, sheep. They can't protect themselves. They cannot, they are open game for any predator. Wolves, bears, mountain lions, they're all just on the side like, yeah, hell yeah. Can you say that in church? That's a Boston hallelujah. I'm about to take this sheep out. They have no, they have no protection. They're very dependent creatures, sheep. To have that identity is to say we're very dependent creatures. We can't fend for ourselves. We can't lead ourselves. We can't feed ourselves. We can't protect ourselves. So those are two identities I want us to start off with. God is our shepherd, and he's able to protect. And we are a sheep, and we need protection. God is our shepherd, and he's able to lead. And we are his sheep. We need to be led. And it goes on and on and on with those two identities for us to live in freedom from fear. So we're going to start off here. What are the defining marker, markers of a person that is free from fear? The second thing we'll talk about is why can a person live free from fear even in the darkest places? And we'll talk about how to walk in that freedom of fear because that's really at the heart of the psalm and why it touches so many of our souls because we realize this is a dangerous world. I don't care where you live, you could wake up and live absolutely controlled by fear. It's broken, it's dangerous, even the safest people, something could go wrong. Every parent feels that when they pray for their children in the morning. Every person feels that when they think about their loved ones passing on. And it goes on and on when we hear wars and rumors of wars and all those kinds of things. We live in a dangerous world, and if someone tells you there's nothing to be afraid of, they're lying to you. There's plenty to be afraid of. We're not naive as Christians, but we say even in the presence of fear, I will not fear because the Lord is my shepherd. Amen? That's the heart of the gospel. Not naivety, but firmness and assertiveness in who our God is and what he is able to do that makes a man and a woman strong and fearless in the gospel. So what is the defining mark of a person that is free from fear? David was most likely an old man when he wrote this psalm. He looked back on his life and he saw all the things that God had delivered him from. He was led into the presence of his enemies. He was led into the presence of giants. He was led through the valley of the shadow of death. He was led where he was on the run in 11, for 11 years in the wilderness where King Saul tried to kill him. He was at tables with people throwing spears at him when he has done nothing wrong. He knew how to live fearless in the presence of evil. Now, there's a major difference between fear and anxiety, even though they're in, the own, they're in the same family. Fear is being afraid when there's present evil. Anxiety is being afraid that there could be present evil. Does that make sense? The difference between me walking in the woods and a grizzly's running at me, and I'm running, jumping, trying to climb, play dead, get a bit a few times. That's fear in the presence of evil. 
than me in the woods like this, bears in hand. I'm running around like an idiot anyways, jumping up in trees, and you didn't see a bear. That's anxiety. Okay? That's the difference between fear and anxiety. What I'm talking about today mostly, even though we'll talk about anxiety a little bit, Fear is when you're in the presence of your enemies and you're in the presence of evil and the Satan is attacking, but yet I will not be fearless because the Lord is my shepherd. David had learned this as an old man. He said, I've been almost been killed so many times. I've been, that, I've been in the presence of the greatest evils. I've been betrayed by the greatest friends. But I won't fear any evil because the Lord's been my shepherd. And where did he learn that? He learned that as a teenager. And many times God will give you a vocation and give you a job that he will teach you things about himself through the job. Amen? Have many of you seen that? And God is in control of every. I don't care what you do. If you're in the medical field, if you're a plumber, if you've got your PhD or you've got your welder's license, God is going to use whatever he calls you to to show you something about his character. And he called David during that portion of his life to be a shepherd for a reason because he's going to show David how he loved him as his shepherd. See, David loved his sheep like many of you love your pets. I see how you love your pets. You flaunt them in my face because I have allergies and I can't hold a dog. I see what you're doing out there. I see your social media posts. But a way a shepherd loved their sheep was like your favorite pets. Like, they gave them names. They loved them. They cared for them. They led them. They protected them with their lives. And he began to love them like that. See, the shepherd had the rod and the staff. David had killed bears that tried to kill his flock. David had killed wolves that tried to kill his flock. I think he even killed the lion, if I'm right, in the scriptures that tried to take out some of his flock. He loved them with a furious passion that can only be bought in pure love when you're the shepherd of a flock that you love. That's why when he walked up to Goliath, did you hear what he said? He said, I killed a bear already and I killed a lion. You're next. Because he said, God led me through these places and by God's strength I overcame the enemy and I'll take you out, no problem. So you can only do that. That's a marker that you see that the Lord is your shepherd. And as the Holy Spirit writes this psalm through David, David starts reflecting on the way God loves him, the way he loves his sheep, with a, with a greater love. He says, he leads me to greener pastures, right? He feeds me. You know, just this um, past week, I finally got the grass going in my backyard. I mean, it's luscious, green, nutrients, fertilized. And it's just, it feels so much better. I remember, I've looked at my backyard a lot, and I'll tell you what, it wasn't luscious. I prayed for the day I look out there and see green, and now it's green. And so, but once in a while, Joe Vec rolls up with the rake, gets a few twigs here and there. He's wearing like a snowsuit, it's 85 out. And so me and Natalie are sitting on these new chairs we got, and we're just taking it all in. And Papa's in the corner of the yard, but he doesn't see us. He's enjoying the nice day so much. And then finally, after 10 minutes of laughter, because he didn't see us and kept going, he looks up and he just pointed and said, I don't bother you, you don't bother me. He just says that, that's not true, because within 60 seconds, he came over and started talking to us right next to us, right? That's just talk, that's just banter. (laughs) So the sun, I'm telling you, it was one of those beautiful days, and we went through a tough spring, right? It was like the days of Noah out here. 37 out of 40 days it rains. Even I, I'm like, I'm moving. 
And this was just a beautiful day. Grass is green. He's sitting next to us. He had his rake. Sun hitting him. It was like a picture. You know what he did? He laid right down on that grass and went to sleep. Right next to us, like nothing was going on. Like this. This is real life. God's given me a father law like this so I can preach these stories. But if, for those of you who know Joe, and I'll just speak lightly on it, he'd be honest with you that he struggles with worry, right? But at that moment, when the sun was hitting him, he was feeling just the love of God, the weather, being with his family. He said, I'm at perfect rest right now. He was in, saying, the grass smells so good. He just laid down and he rested. That's what God wants for our lives, being free from fear. He doesn't want us to anxious toil and act like we don't have a heavenly father in heaven that's watching every detail in our life, that we can't sleep or we can't rest or we can't sit down or we can't take a day off. He wants to say, I'm your shepherd. Lie down in those pastures and take a nap. Take some rest for your weary eyes. Take some rest for your soul because your shepherd has watched you even before you were born. In your mother's womb, he knew you and knitted you together. Do not fear, he would say, my child. Love you. You don't have to live anxious. You don't have to be afraid. You know, something trending on Twitter this week, and the, the trending hashtag was, anxiety makes me. And people were posting, anxiety makes me feel like no one likes me. Anxiety makes me feel like I can't leave my house. But what does the scripture say here? It said, the Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. That's what should be trending on all our hearts, that gospel hashtag, right? God is making me. I don't care if I'm the presence of evil. I'll, ride, I'll lie down in this grass and I'll shut my eyes knowing that my God is watching me and over me and over us. He's my shepherd. The second thing, he says, he leads me beside still waters. And you know, it, we're, I haven't seen any shepherds in Wakefield, any sheep, any flocks crossing the road. I just haven't seen it. So it's not everyday life for us. So let me give you a little context. When, when David writes through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he leaves him beside still waters. Sheep are afraid of running water. Did you know that? They won't drink from running brooks and running streams. They're, too, they're anxious animals. They just step back. They won't drink from it. So what the shepherd has to do, he goes to the begin, beginning of the stream of the brook and he dams it up. He dams up the beginning of the stream so it calms the waters. And then the sheep walk and they drink freely and they're refreshed and restored. And when David writes that, he's saying, I want God calms the running streams of my life that make me anxious so I can go to those still waters and I can drink from them being refreshed and restored. Amen? Some of you need to drink from that living water, the presence of God, and really find rest for your soul. It's a wonderful thing to drink from the gospel like that to look back like David did as an old man and say, why did I even fret? I will fear no evil because God was in control of it all. I couldn't form myself. I couldn't make myself. I couldn't give myself my personality, my family, the place. I was in control of none of that. But you loved me and you guarded me and you protected me. The third thing he says there, he says he leads me in paths of righteousness. You know what sheep will do if you let them lead themselves? Get lost. And get lost in the worst places, like the most dangerous places. A lamb will walk in the wilderness, just do circles. Almost like inviting a wolf just to take him out. Right? This is an important one when the Lord is our shepherd because we want him to choose our path. 
We want him to choose the path that's right for us, the path of righteousness. We don't want to allow life circumstances to get us on our own path because that's when it becomes dangerous. That's when it becomes hurtful. There's one thing. You're going to hurt throughout life no matter what. Life is, there's so much pain in life. Following Jesus, not following Jesus. The difference is when you follow Jesus, the pain has purpose. It has eternal purpose. But when we go on our own path, the pain has no purpose. It just feeds regret. That's very important to know. But the shepherd leads us on paths of righteousness. I remember we went up to Toa Nippi, which is, I think it means wide waters up in New Hampshire. We went on a men's retreat. And so there's a little, like, a mile and a half hiking trail around there. And so we act like we're hiking, but it's really not. So I said to Dave, I said, Dave, why don't you lead the way? Lead us through the pass. Dave said, all right, let's do it. So a group of about seven to ten of us began following Dave down this path. And Dave's heard me tell the story, and he okayed it. Dave led us down the worst path we've ever been on a hiking trail ever. I'm talking. I've never seen so many thorns on a hiking trail. People just bleeding, just going through limbs. I'm like, Dave, this a path, bro? Just going through this path. Then, I mean, creepy stuff kept happening. Some dude just stepped out of the woods, like, follow me. I was like, oh, no. I was like, Dave, like, this really happened. I'm not making this stuff. Like, dude, we're like, where did that guy come from? We're not following him. Then we took a right, and we're following Dave. And I'm like, Dave, bro, this path don't look good. But he kept trucking. He was just trucking. Then we came to this little shack that looked like it was on the set of Friday the 13th, the original. Like, I don't, I'm making this stuff up. And we were like, Dave, get us out of here, bro. And he just kept leading, man. And the end was the worst. The end was the worst. Because it was just so many limbs and so much bleeding and so hard. And we came out the end. And it was just some charismatic brother from the other men's retreat. And he kept, mighty men of God. Mighty men of God. It was like clapping. I don't know how that dude got there either. But this stuff is like, you think I'm making this up? This is real life. But the reason I tell that story is because... We all regretted taking that path. It just, it's good for a sermon illustration. That's all that was good for. But, but what bothered me was, right next to that path was a beautiful path. As you walk, enjoying nature, like it's beautiful out here, men's retreat, 2011. Like, you could have done so many great things. We could have been on a beautiful hike. Instead, we came out hurting. Which is a bad story to tell. That's what it's like when we take our own path. That's what it's like. We think it's the right path. We're hurt. We're bleeding. We're stepping through stuff. We're regretting it. We look back and say, why did I take a right when I should have took a left? But Jesus, what he wants to do is say, listen, stay on the path of rightness. Stay on the path for my glory. Stay on the path that helps other people. Stay on the path that's for his name's sake. Stay on the path that even though you're suffering, you know that the name of Jesus is lifting up because you never look back and regret that. Amen? Because if I could teach anyone, I'd tell you, man, you're going to suffer in life. Jesus lived the best life ever, and it was the life defined most by suffering. But if you can look back and say, I stayed on the path, of righteousness for his name's sake. I'm telling you, there's a joy unspeakable with that. 
It says with Jesus, it says he endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. Because the joy that was set before him. In doing what's right, it matters so much. So why, why can a person live free from fear even in the darkest places? It's because God is with us. That's the only reason. See, secular stuff would teach you because you're strong, because there's real greatness in you, right? Those things we hear. Well, the secular thing will try to pump your head up. You're strong. You can do anything you put your mind to. That is not true. You cannot do anything you put your mind to without the strength of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said to identify as a sheep. What if I was out in a green pasture telling a lamb, listen, lamb, you can jump over that tree, just believe. He can't do it. I'll take lamb, you can take that lion out, man. Just run real hard and headbutt him. Like a sheep can't take out a lion, bro. It's just the way it is. Only reason that we can walk into dark places because God is with us. I remember my oldest daughter, Talia, we, we had a small house that is now the Simonton's. Now the Simonton's have a small house. And we were in this house, and our room was here, and there was like 11 feet into the other room. And uh, it was dark. Like, we forgot to, shut, you know, turn on the lights at night. And so my daughter would come in to say goodnight. And they'd say, Dad, I can't get back to my room. It's dark through there. I'm like, it's 11 feet. Like, you can make it. She said, I can't do it. You know the only way I get her to go back to her room? I held her hand and walked through the darkness with her. That's the only way we can walk through dark places is if God holds our hand and he protects us. See, many don't realize that the valley of the shadow of death is not just metaphorical, that it's actually a real place. See, the valley of the shadow of death was a place between Jerusalem and Jericho where the shepherds would lead their flocks through to greener pastures. And it was a place only at noonday the sun would get down there and light up the bottom. But in the cliffs, when you walk through that, there were bandits and criminals that would steal your sheep, eat your sheep, sell your sheep, and try to, they would even murder you and take your goods. So when David said, I walk through the valley of shadow death, I fear no evil, he's saying, I'm really in the presence of evil, but I won't be afraid because I'm going to lead my flock through the darkness to greener pastures. This is very important. It's important because God has ordained dark places in your life to not only lead yourself through, but to lead others through. And that takes courage in knowing that God is with us and being grounded in his love for us and that he is our shepherd. Are you walking through a dark place right now? Are you walking through a dark place? Maybe, as I was thinking through different things, maybe there are people in your life that you really fear for your safety right now. I want to tell you to fear no evil because the Lord is your shepherd. I understand there's real danger there. But fear no evil for the Lord is your shepherd. Maybe someone here is really struggling with addiction and alcoholism. And it's because of the darkness of your past. It's tormenting you. And you're saying, I can't walk into those emotions. I can't walk into those feelings, it just is too much, I'll fall apart. Walk into those dark places with the power of the gospel, 
the power of the Holy Spirit. Fear no evil because the Lord is your shepherd. Amen. Very important. See, it is tempting not to face the dark places of our life. It is tempting to stay in the light. The reason we're called to be lights in the world is not to stay in lit places. And this might sound strong, but it's true. Cowards stay in lit places. The courageous trust the Lord as their shepherd and they go into dark places to see those who are in the captivity of Satan and who are lost, set free by the gospel. Yes, you can live your life in lit and safe places. You can, but that's not what the Christ did. And we at Restoration Road, what do we say? And this is part of growing in freedom and fear. What do we say? We're called to the fatherless. We're called to the addicted. We're called to abused. Guess what is implied with all of that? Dangerous places. Listen, I, I, I've ministered in sober homes. I walked in on dudes that are 6'5", 230, just throwing blows at each other, acting like it's just they're taking a walk together. And I'm like, what are you dudes doing? I've been in prisons to visit people. They're dark places. I've been in fathers' homes and around fathers' homes. Let me tell you what they are. Violent places. Dysfunctional places. Broken places. They're dark places. So there's implications that come when we say this is our mission. It means that we're not going to stay in the light. But we're going to bring Christ's light into the dark places. So what did Jesus come to do? Destroy the works of Satan. And guess what Satan's greatest work is? To destroy the people of God. To cause them to be caught up in addiction. Commit suicide. Have another broken family where there's no restoration. To allow abuse to define our life instead of the cross of Christ. And you can only do that if the Lord is your shepherd. Or else you'll make a safe life for yourself. But David, through the power of the Holy Spirit, lived a meaningful life. That was defined by suffering. You want to talk about hardship? How about your own son betrays you and leads a rebellion against you and one of the leaders of your army has to kill your own son? There's not too many more fearful places than that, right? But David, even after a life filled with that, said, the Lord has been my shepherd. Because I want, one of the most important doctrines I want you guys to learn, if I teach you anything, is the doctrine of God's sovereignty and the doctrine of suffering. I mean, the teaching of God's suffering and the teaching of his suffering. I cannot overstate God's sovereignty in your life. I mean, Jesus tried to give us a glimpse into it, right? He said, look at the birds, not one falls from the sky that I'm not in control of. Look at every flower. The way it's dressed is the way I dressed it. He's telling you that at every single detail. Now with that goes the doctrine of suffering. That he has ordained suffering for each one of our lives, for his glory, for our good, and for the rescue of others. So if we become offset when we hit these dark places, think it's we've done something wrong, or I thought the Christian life was supposed to be different, we will be shaken to the core and live in fear. But if we walk in a dark place and see stuff going on around us and say this was ordained by God because he's in control of everything, I'm going to walk with dignity and I'm going to walk without fear even in the presence of the greatest evil. 
you know, I realized this when I was a young boy. And I forget how old I was. I was anywhere from 9 to 11. But being from a, uh, a family that was marked by fatherlessness and being from a family that where someone struggled with addiction majorly and where there was just mass brokenness, there was one night I slept on the top bunk in my room and uh, we had three floors in my house and it was two in the morning. And the person who was struggling with addiction, I heard them come in the house. And I heard them walking up the stairs. And when there was a landing where at the top of my bunk bed you could look out and you could see on the landing whoever walked up to the third floor. And this person who had come in from two in the morning who was high saw that I looked out from the top of the bunk and it's the first time in my life I believe I saw the demonic on someone's face. And when this person saw me, they walked over to me as a young boy grabbed me, shook me, and screamed in my face. I don't even remember it was. Let me go and walk back up the stairs. There's a reason I don't share those stories. But the reason I'm sharing that story is because what the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment that I want you guys to hear. He said, I just felt the Lord impress on my heart, even as a young boy. And I want you guys to hear this. That this is happening to you for a reason. That you're going to go through this darkness to help lead other people out of the darkness. And that kept me in some of the most evil places. And that's what this psalm is saying. It's not saying you won't go to dark places. It's not saying you won't go to evil places. Some of you, horrible stuff has happened to you. But it's not without purpose. It's not without purpose. I mean, I've known you, some of you for a while now, and I know the pain you've go, gone through. And what I want you to hear is that you don't have to be afraid anymore. You can live in freedom from that fear. Amen? There's a reason I don't share personal stuff because sometimes I get emotional. But I went back and forth on putting that in and it got emotional. So a couple things I want to throw at you guys as we come towards the end here is maybe some of you haven't forgiven your father or your mother or your family member for the way they sinned against you. Would you walk in freedom from fear today? Step into that darkness. Fear no evil because the Lord is your shepherd. Maybe you're the abuser and you've hurt others. And you've been trying to self-atone for your sin for too many years now. Would you walk into that darkness with the light of the gospel? And will you allow the shed blood of Jesus Christ who died for your sin to allow you to be freedom from fear and the bondage and the sins you committed against others? You don't have to live in that fear anymore that God is not your shepherd and doesn't love you. And your sin has brought you too far away from the Almighty who is love. Because his, his cross is drawing you close. Amen? Walk into that darkness.
with the light of the gospel and allow him to free you from fear. You know, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's on his knees praying to his Father. And the darkest path you could imagine is in front of him. The darkest path. To the point where the perfect one, Jesus, who has never sinned, the one who has always been but took on human flesh, even he looked at that dark path and said, Father, if there's any other way for me not to go down this path of suffering, would you let me drink from another cup? Would you let me take another path? And he's in tears and to the point medically where he's, he's sweating blood. And his father says to him gently, and I'm paraphrasing here, this is the path for you. It's the most suffering you'll ever experience. It's the darkest place you could ever walk to. But I'm telling you this, son, it's for the glory of your name. It's not only the best for you, it's the best for the whole world and all who believe in your name. And you're going to bring the greatest light into the greatest darkness. And you're going to defeat enemies that no other person could ever or would ever defeat. You'll defeat death itself. You will defeat the power of Satan. The sin that cages people and puts them in bondage. You're going to break chains for all eternity on all those who are in bondage of sin. And Jesus said, that's the path. You're going to bring me into the dark place. I'm going to walk through suffering. But what did he say? Not my will, but thine be done. And why could he say that? Because he knew his father was a shepherd. And he knew he had his best in mind. And that's the defining markers of what it means to be free from fear. Is when we know the Lord is our shepherd. We know that Jesus gives us rest. And we know that the Holy Spirit leads us on his path of rightness for the goodness of our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, many who are here at Restoration Road have battled fear their whole lives. But you have a different purpose, I believe, Lord. For those who battle fear, you're going to make them the strongest in faith. I believe that, Lord. We are the weakest. We are sheep. We are unintelligent. We think that we know the way, but Lord, only you do. Help us not to turn back from dark places, but walk into them with the light of the gospel. Lord, there's so many people who are stuck in dark places, Lord, while we casually play in the light. Put a holy... holy intentions in our heart that are courageous of those people who are stuck in darkness all around us help us to step in and your gospel break through that they may be free in you and free from the fear and free from all those things that are destroying their lives Lord. Father I pray for us too many of us have not confronted the dark places in our own lives and we're avoiding them Help us to walk into the dark with your strength and your power as our shepherd. That you might, that we might surrender and that we might see you break strongholds in the darkest areas of our lives. 
thank you for being our shepherd, Jesus. You're the good shepherd. You're the one who leaves the 99 for the one. There's only one heart like that. But I pray that we seek after that. Let us know your presence and feel your presence and know that you are our shepherd. Amen.